Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parasha Balak and Balak was the king of Moab at this time in the history of the Jewish people. The Jewish people are ready to enter the land of Israel, Eretz Israel, and they are they have their tents um, on, uh, right next to the to the territory of Moab of the Moabites. And so this King Balak gets very worried with the Jews because he's heard about all their success in their battles, conquering the lands to be able to come into Israel. So he hires a soothsayer, a prophet called Balaam. And this Balaam he's hired so he can bring uh, curses to the Jewish people. And in that way, he will win the war. So the Rebbe Lubavitch, in one of his sihas, he gives an incredible explanation of the Haftarah of this week. The Haftarah is, uh, is read on Shabbat, on Shabbat day, on Saturday in the, in the shul. And it's a part of the prophecies uh, of the Jewish nation. And so this Haftarah, specific Haftarah, it always has something to do with the parasha. It's the same theme. It's written by Micah, the prophet Micah, and it's talking about the end of days. It's talking about uh, the times of Mashiach. And uh, many of the prophecies that Balaam uh, uttered when he was trying to curse, curse the Jewish people, blessings would come out of his, of his mouth, and they were actually prophecies of the times of Mashiach, and they're in the prophecies, they're in the books of prophets. And this Haftarah uh, actually talks about what's going to be in this time in which we're right now, which is really we're in the threshold of opening the door and coming into Mashiach times. So we are in Mashiach times. We're just we're waiting for Mashiach. So it says here that, the, that this Haftarah relates to that God commands the Jewish people, it says, my nation remember the counsel given by Balak. And the king of Moab and the response, Bilamt, son of Beorgavehim from Shittim. And this relates to the content of this parasha of Balak. And so it's understood that the connection between this Haftarah and the Torah reading is uh, really is one theme, as I said before. And the Haftarah is speaking about the time at the beginning of the redemption. So we're really right there. You know, the world is supposed to exist for 6,000 years since the day of creation. We're in the year 5,781. In Rosh Hashanah, we'll enter the year 5,782. And we're really like very close to the redemption. Very, very close, less than 200 years. And so here, He's saying that um, that the complete waging that there's a complete waging of wars that are going on right now. Not only they can be physical wars, they can be spiritual wars uh, that are going to be transforming the nations. This is what this Haftarah is talking about. That there's going to be a lot of, of of evil in the world, and that there's going to be a lot of wars. And so he says here. That, uh, that the time before Mashiach identity will be def definitely revealed, established, for, to establish the identity of Mashiach, we, we need to identify clearly 
what is required, he complete waging all the wars and transform the nations so that they serve God with a single purpose. So the whole purpose of all these wars going around in the world, physical, spiritual, um, all these wars, we have cyber wars, we have today, you name it, we have all types of wars. I really have one purpose and the purpose is that we can come to realize and recognize that, uh, that we are here to serve Hashem and that everything is God, that everything comes from God. So the Haftorah by contrast speaks about how Mashiach will be in the process of waging these wars against the nations as it's written. The remnant of Jacob will be in the midst of the nations like a lion among the animals of the forest who tramples and prays. So yes, right now we're going through a lot of um, havoc in the Jewish world, in Israel, uh, anti-Semitism is rampant in our days. But really, if we look at this, this is what is supposed to be happening. It's not something that is not of our times. This is something that is in the prophecies. It's part of the, of the, um, of what needs to happen in order to bring the ultimate redeem, redemption. And so, moreover, not only will the era that the Haftarah speaks about will involve a conflict with external evil, uh, which is wars against, I don't know, other nations, let's call it, there will also be internal evil between Jews. And we see it today in Israel, there's so much strife in the political arena between the left and the right and the religious and the not religious and the secular and this and that. So we cannot even come to, to think one way. So it is written, I will cut away witchcraft from your hand. I will cut away your idols. I will uproot your Asherah trees. That implying that the evil will be so powerful in our days that it will be necessary for there to be assistance from God to eliminate it as the verse states, I will cut away, I will uproot it. So the existence of such evil indicates that the Haftarah speaks about the time at the beginning of the redemption. So if you're looking at the world, you're seeing what's going on in the world in general, really we are in the beginning of redemption. This is what it is. And it's a whole process. It's like when a mother is giving birth. The, the last minutes of her birth are the most painful. It's when the contractions are closer together until the baby is born. So we are right now at that moment when she's 10 centimeters dilated and the contractions are one after the other without respite. Thank God for anesthesia today that a woman can give birth without so much pain. But if she wouldn't have it, this would be like an allegory to what's going on right now. So similarly, the Torah reading in Parashah Balak speaks of comparable phrase, phase in history, the time directed before the Jews' entry into the Eretz Israel. So the, the, the time of this parasha in historical terms is, as if, is exactly at what's going on right now here. It's a parallel time. So they were ready to enter the land of Israel and they had to go through all these wars and all these upheaval. And then we're right now, we're at the same point. So we're ready to enter Eretz Israel and this resembles the Jews state before entering Eretz Israel at the time of the ultimate redemption. And so, and so we see in particular the connection is apparent according to the well-known concept that had the Jews not sinned, the ultimate redemption would have come when they first entered Eretz Israel. So if the Jewish people would not sin, 
after sin, after sin, after sin, the Messiah would have come at that time. But the Jewish people kept falling on their faces. They kept doing things that wouldn't allow Messiah to come. So they were really not ready at the moment. So the preparation for the redemption is as stated in the beginning of the Haftarah, not to hope from man, nor expect from mortal. And so even though the Haftarah speak about a phase before the redemption blossoms into complete fulfillment, still we will no longer have to rely on mortals not depend on them for our succor. So it's very interesting. I give a class every Monday night about bitahon, about, about trusting Hashem. And we started learning this book about the Halevi, Rabbi Soloveitchik, Dovber Soloveitchik, in which he talks about bitahon. This book was written more than 100 years ago, and he never published it. It was a manuscript that was held by their sons and his students, and they learned from his manuscript and his son in 1985, imagine 1985, published this, this book, which is amazing. And, um, and, uh, and so it's called Halevi, the Halevi on Bitahon by Rabbi, uh, I think it's Dovber Soloveitchik, the Rebbe of Brisk. And so this book only came out 1985. So we can see, and now it's a big thing about learning about trust, about Bitahon, the, the book of Rabbi Bahia Ibn Pakula, uh, which I have in, in livealittlehigher.com. I have all these classes on the Sharha Bitahon. And really this is the thing right now, that people have to really connect to their trust in Hashem. This is what it is. And we're coming to a time in which, yeah, we cannot rely on others uh, to save us. Hashem sends them, they're part of the instruments he uses to help us because the world is created in a natural order. This is the way Hashem created this world. It runs through a natural order and we're meant to use the natural order. We're meant to use the opportunities that are given to us, the people that can help us, be grateful to them. Yeah, it, it, hakaras hatov, gratitude is a very big uh, mida, a very big character trait in the Jewish people. But at the same time, we should never forget who is really saving us, who is really behind the scenes. So it's like a tree that is being chopped and he only sees the, 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 the ax, but he doesn't see that there's a person holding the ax and he's chopping the tree. So the same way, life is full of situations, full of things that are going on in our lives. And we only see the hand, but we don't see whose hand it is. And this is a time, this time of, of pre-redemption that we're right now, that we're right really in the birth tanks of Messiah. It, really, this is what people have to focus on right now, is to really see where things are coming from. And I tell you something, like COVID, is, there's nothing more clear than COVID because you have this virus that appeared, I don't know from where, some people say a lab, some people say a bat, whatever, who cares where it comes from? It really has make havoc around the world. And people don't recognize where the true source of this virus comes from. And until people don't recognize that this pandemic, this, this, this horrible, virus came from Hashem, did Hashem himself created it and he threw it into us, either through a lab or through a bat, whatever way it was. In reality, what's important is that people should really look at the origin of where everything comes from. 
And this is what the sea has telling us. This is what the prophecies of, of this uh, prophet Balak, evil man, are really telling us. So it says, and God your Lord will bless you in everything that you do. And this is commenting on the verse that Sifri adds. It, it, it says uh, that uh, should one sit idle, the Sifri asks, should one sit idle and not do anything and just wait till Hashem does everything. Like if we know that everything is coming from God, everything is from His hand directly to us, should we just let it be? Let's go to the beach, have a piña colada, enjoy life, and let Hashem run the world. This is a question that is asked from, from our sages. So the Torah teaches us in everything that you do, the, the verse says, and God your Lord will bless you in everything that you do. So here it's telling us the Torah, and it's a paradox, but it's not contradictory. It says in everything that you do. So according to the Torah, it is necessary to make a medium, to make a vessel, to, make, to be a conduit for these blessings from Hashem to come to us. They're not gonna come out of nowhere. We need to work to be able to have a, a vessel, a recipient that will, able, will be able to contain the blessings. So the verse where it says, it says, cursed is the human who trusts in man, does not represent a contradiction to the above, Although we make a medium in the natural order, we do not rely on the natural order as it exists in, in, in its own right, hoping for man. Instead, one trusts in God and believes that he will help him through the mediums that he, was prepared, he has prepared within the natural order. So we should not rely on man. We should not rely on man. Yes, there's amazing people out there that are mediums of Hashem to bring goodness to the world, but we should not rely on men. We should only look up and say, thank you, God. Thank you, Hashem. We should be also thankful for people who do good to us. But they are not, the, 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 the goodness is not from them. It comes from Hashem through them. So there's a famous joke that I don't know if many of you know it, but it's of this guy that he's, uh, his town is flooding because of, there's a horrible storm going on and suddenly the house is, is floating and so he goes up to the roof and then this little boat comes and it says, jump in, jump in, we're gonna save you. And he says, no, 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 thank you. I know God is gonna save me. And then suddenly someone comes with a helicopter and a rope and he throws it to him and says, grab the rope, grab the rope, get up, save yourself. No, thank you, thank you, Hashem is gonna self save me. And lo and behold, the guy drowned. He drowned, he died. And he comes up to heaven and, and he goes and he's very perturbed and he's very upset. Like I had so much trust in Hashem, I had so much, much faith and nevertheless I died. Like what went on wrong? So he goes to God and he says, Hashem, I thought you were gonna save me. And Hashem said, yes, I sent you the boat, I sent you the helicopter. You know, Hashem sends the medium that is gonna bring the salvation to us. It's everything works around a natural order. This is the way Hashem created the world. But it doesn't mean that He's not behind the scenes. So this represents the new development, development that will come in the time of redemption. This is what we're living right now. This is what this era represents. And it's like do from God, which does not come to the world through moral efforts, 
nor does man request it. Similarly, Israel will not rely on assistance from man, from man, but from God. So we're coming to a time in which people are recognizing more and more the hand of God in their lives, the hashkaha pratis, the divine intervention. And they're being able to see where everything is coming from. And so in this vein, Hasidut interprets this verse. It is preferable to rely on God than to trust in man, as, as teaching that is trusting in man is permitted by the Torah. It is, however, preferable to rely on God. So trusting in man, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be, be uh, for example, if you have a good boss that takes care of you, that he pays you on time, that he's decent to you, it doesn't mean that you don't trust your boss. You trust your boss. He's a decent in person that has integrity. You trust him. But the trust shouldn't be put on the, tr on the boss. The trust of your parnasa should come from Hashem. That he gave you this beautiful boss that he's decent and, and, and caring towards you is one thing. But the trust has to come only for Hashem. So we see here that, um, that we only should trust God. That there's things in our lives that encompass us, that are surrounding us. And then there's other things that are sovev kolamim, which are from inside. So from outside, yes, you have to be grateful to your boss. You have to be grateful to the people around you that help you out. But inside, you have to know that Hashem is the one that provides the medium. So the ultimate intent is not for the natural order to be nullified, but for it to be refined and elevated. So Hashem is not going to be making open miracles to us anymore, like in the times of, uh, of the desert, where we had open miracles. We had the clouds of glory that protected us and guided us. You had a, a Miriam's well that gave you water for 40 years in the desert. Imagine, they were never in a place where they didn't have food and protection. This, this type of relationship with Hashem is from the past. Today, we, we don't rely on these miracles. But life goes through the natural order, but we have to be able to see the miracle within it. And so we see here that to the extent that it is overtly apparent and that nature is one with Hashem. You know, we say every day, Shema Israel, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Ehad. Hashem, that infinite God that's out there, that is huge, that is in, infinite. Elokeinu is the same gematria as, as, uh, as nature. And so the same infinite God is the same God that is in nature. It's one, Ehad, it's one, it's one and the same. So the intent is not to negate the help that a person offers. Obviously you have to look at what people give you, but instead the natural order should be so totally permeated with God's oneness that we see the help that a man offers, not as a, a help from the man, but only as a help from God. That you see that this person was sent by Hashem. One day I was in the, in the middle of the street in New York buying an ice cream cone to my, for, my, for my beautiful granddaughter and suddenly she was spilling all the, the thing on top of her. It was melting all over the place. I didn't have wet ones. I didn't have a napkin. I didn't have anything. And suddenly this lady out of nowhere, she came out of nowhere and she had a pack of, 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 of napkins and she went through me and she just gave them to me and went on. 
Where, where did she come from? Hashem sent her. Hashem sent her. Maybe she was buying ice cream. She saw me with all this, uh, this craziness around me and she said, oh, I'm going to take her some napkins, but it came from Hashem. So one knows that the natural order in and of itself is of no significance. It is merely an axe in the hands of the chopper. As I said before, and Hashem acts within the context of the natural order only because God wants to be seen in a very modest way. He doesn't want to give us shame in our lives. He wants to give us food of shame. He wants us to be able to work our life, to, to become better people, to, to do things in the context of a natural order in, the, in order to give us free will. This is the whole concept of this natural order. Because if we were able to see Hashem in everything, all the time, we wouldn't be able to exercise our free will. So he gives us this medium in order for us to be able to choose to see Hashem. So this is the explanation of our sages' interpretation of the phrase, the faith of your times. They say, the faith refers to order of agricultural laws. One believes in the eternal life and sows. So seemingly, sowing grain is a natural act. Like, one, one, puts, one plows the ground, one sows the seed, one puts water on the, on the soil, and the grain grows. And it does not matter how does this, sowing a Jew or a Gentile, it doesn't matter who does it, the grain will grow because that's the natural order of the grain, of the seed. If a seed can fall off a tree, doesn't need anybody to plant it. It can fall down into the ground and go into the soil and lo and behold, you're going to have a tree afterwards. And, and nobody did anything because that's the natural order. So in conclusion, in conclusion of, of this siha, which is a very long siha, and if you want to read it all, I go to habat.org and, um, and look for it. It's called, it's called the... Um, where is it? A knowing heart, Parashas Balak. You go to the to the section of, of Parashah and you're gonna see it is in the Rebbe's then the Rebbe's teachings. But in conclusion, what this sea has telling us is that every person must have at least a foretaste of the approach of not hoping in man in this divine service. Like people have to work on seeing where everything comes from, the origin of everything. Look where things come from. The good and the bad, the same. A Jew blesses the good the same as he blesses the bad. Why? Because it's from God. It comes from Hashem. And just like, like Rabbi Akiva said, everything is for the good. We, we think it's bad, but at the end of the day, it's for the good. So we should only put our trust alone in Hashem. We should not trust on anything else but God. Like people say, the vaccine, the vaccine is going to save lives. You know what? It's the, it's the medium Hashem sent to save lives. But at the end of the day, it comes from God. So through this, everyone will be redeemed from the worries and problems that disturb them. For when he carries out all that you do only for the sake of fulfilling God's will, he will not be worried nor will he be disturbed. For all that will concern him is carrying out God's will. So this is the event that, that, where we have to come to. This is the, the ultimate uh, realization uh, to bring redemption is to recognize that we do a mitzvah because this is what Hashem wants from us. 
not because we have a private, private agenda. We do it because this is Hashem's will and we feel privileged, happy, and, and, and empowered to be able to do what Hashem wants from us. And this, this individual redemption, when this happens within yourself, when you recognize the root of everything, when you recognize the hand of God in your life, and you fulfill Hashem's will in this world, you are, you are indeed bringing internal redemption. And this redemption that starts happening within every person in the world, which is, makes everybody a Messiah in a certain way, will bring Messiah. He will bring Messiah, which is the era that will be only Shabbat and resting for life everlasting. So this is where the world has to come right now. This is, everything is moving in that direction. Don't be scared of the world. Don't be scared of the moment. It's very, very confusing times, but at the same time, they're amazing times. The opportunities that we have here at this moment to bring light and revelation are unprecedented in the history of the world. It, we're living in the most fascinating time of, of the world. And, um, and I hope that we all are able to bring a piece of that redemption into the world. Within ourselves, we'll bring it out. And at the end of the day, we'll have the, the times that we are wishing for and, and working for. So I wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.